Welcome to Unbound, a show where we talk about how to break free and live authentically. I'm your host and integrative healer, Crystal Lynn, and I help women to make their lives their medicine through integrative nutrition, emotional healing, and spiritual connection. If you're ready to break free of the chains that are holding you back, heal your pain, up-level your mindset, and become the best version of yourself, body, mind, and spirit, then stick around. I'm so grateful that you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today will be a solo episode. We're talking about (laughs) self-sabotage and how to overcome it. So I pulled on my Instagram and asked you guys a few topics that you would like to hear about. And you guys answered majority um, to talk about self-sabotage and how to overcome it, which makes so much sense because this is an issue that all of us encounter um, quite often usually. (laughs) Um, so we're going to talk all about it and some other, um, topics that you guys wanted to hear about. I will keep on the tally for upcoming episodes that are solo in between some of my guests. So today we're talking all about overcoming self-sabotage. So maybe you have experienced it recently. Maybe you can think of times where it's greatly impacted you to whatever capacity you struggle with self-sabotage. We all struggle with it at one point or another. And some of us, it is a bigger roadblock than others. For me personally, along my journey, self-sabotage has been huge and uh, overcoming it is definitely a process. And it's a process that I still have to actively work through because it's one of my triggers. So um, this is just one of the ways that my body pulls me back into safety. And so I have to actually reframe self-sabotage for my life and my nervous system. And I'm hoping that this podcast will help you do the same in whatever capacity it impacts your life. So to start out, what is self-sabotage, right? Self-sabotage put plainly is, um, sabotaging an experience, an opportunity, a relationship, a feeling, a success story for yourself, right? It's you getting in the way of yourself. It's you being the roadblock, whether it's through your mindset or your actions, your belief systems, your relationships of whatever it is that you actually want to achieve in life. So there are two main reasons of self-sabotage because when we put it that way, we're like, why would we be self-destructive, right? Like, why would I be so self-destructive? Whether or not you know it, you have or are currently practicing self-sabotage because sometimes our subconscious beliefs, if we are trying to achieve something and it's not happening, we're trying to get to somewhere, we have a goal in mind and we're like, I just don't know what it is. I can't get there. There's something subconsciously that's probably self-sabotaging. So whether you're aware of this or not, um, self-sabotage is probably happening somewhere in your life. So there are two main reasons for self-sabotage. The first one is um, probably what we more so think of when we think of self-sabotage, which is self-worth issues, right? Like issues of, I don't feel like I deserve this, so we self-sabotage it. Um, And and this is, I feel like, most common when we think of self-sabotage, but it's not necessarily the actual most common reason because the second reason for self-sabotage may actually be for protection. And I'm going to explain this in a moment. Um, in hopefully a a way or an analogy that makes sense to you. So let's touch on uh, worthlessness first and self-worth issues and how it relates to self-sabotage. 
So all of us have childhood trauma between the ages of zero and seven. You guys have heard me talk about this before, but this is where we are super shaped. Like our subconscious mind is super shaped. We're very egotistical as children. And so when something happens around us, we perceive um, ourselves as the catalyst for that. So um, everything's about you when you're (laughs) below the age of seven. And so if um, mom has to go to work and you didn't want mom to go to work and she goes anyways, it is about you. You were the cause. You were worth less than mom's time. And from an adult perspective, we see, oh, mom got a great babysitter, a great nanny. Mom just had to go to work so that she could pay the bills and help with, um, you know, family income. We can see that from an adult perspective. And when we zoom out, we're like, I don't know why I feel worthless. I had such a great childhood. Well, when you're below the age of seven, these things actually create feelings of worthlessness because it breaks down to worth less than, right? Those three words, worth less than. Fill in that blank. What were you worth less than as a child? Did you feel like you were worth less than dad's emotional availability? Did you feel like you were worth less than, um, I don't know, celebrating a birthday really big? Did you feel worth less than... um, mom's attention because you were the middle child, right? And that's totally like a stigma that doesn't always happen. (laughs) By the way, it's just the example that popped into my head. But fill in the blank of worth less than. Some of us are confused on why we have um, outcomes that point us back to self-worth issues because we had like really great childhood, so we so we perceive or we have supportive families or we didn't have a ton of like trauma that stands out, capital T trauma. I'm like, why do I have these self-worth issues? Why do I pick myself apart or why am I a perfectionist? And it's because that egotistical child in you probably learned that you are worth less than fill in the blank. It's usually loving connection just to point you in the direction of, you know, this is our deepest um, seated human need but worth less than something, right? And then you learn, oh, if I perform or if I achieve, then I'm worth attention, then I stand out, then I get uh, mom's love, then I get dad's attention or affirmation. And um, one other thing that I I really wanna note in this is that our self-worth and our, um, the way that we perceive ourselves and what we can achieve in the world, this is really, largely shaped by a father's affirmation. So if you were a kid with a great dad, but maybe he didn't affirm you for no reason, like for no reason, meaning, um, you know, maybe you like got really good grades in school and then dad was like, I'm so proud of you. Right. But if dad never affirmed you, like you're so like, I love you so much. You're, if you're, you know, a daughter, you're so beautiful. If you're a son, you're so strong or you're so this, right? Just affirming your character, affirming who you are without any external, uh, like ornaments, so to speak, or achievements or medals. That is what really like strongly shapes our identity and our self-worth. And, and we can think of like how that reflects our relationship to God as the spiritual father, like that's a direct reflection of how we relate to God. And and a lot of times if we grew up in a performance-based conditional love setting, our subconscious thinks that we need to perform to earn the love of God, which is so not true. Um, an unconditional loving father that is perfect, loves you no matter what. And unfortunately, we mess up here on earth. So our earthly fathers and earthly mothers are not going to do things perfectly. If you're an earthly mom or dad, you're not going to do things perfectly. And 
your shortcomings set your children up for a journey to become the most radiant, connected, free version of themselves. So um, no guilt or condemnation right there. And if you are a child that is struggling through um, these constructs right now and self-worth issues, then know that this happened for you, not to you. Let's step out of victim mentality and let's understand that this is an opportunity for you to choose into a journey to get really connected to yourself and um, to come alive in these areas. So <clears throat> that is the framework for a self-worth issue and how it relates to self-sabotage, right? So if you feel worthless, then you don't feel like you are worth success. You don't feel like you deserve good things and you'll sabotage it, right? You'll sabotage it to stay in an area where you feel like, okay, this is my playing field. This is, these are the things that I have learned that I am deserving of in my life. Um, this can also um, stem from guilt, right? If you feel guilty about something, then you can easily self-sabotage um, success, right? So like if for, for example, if you were really successful or you achieved something or you grew and you lost friends because of it or you lost a really uh, close relationship because of it, you may learn that your success destroys relationship. This has happened to me a few times before and it pushed me into a space of self-sabotage out of guilt because in, in my subconscious mind, I deeply loved and cared about these people. And I was like, oh man, like I gotta, I gotta, I better like sabotage this happiness for myself because my success made them feel sad or my success made them feel like we couldn't be in relationship anymore. I'm not going to go into details on those relationship examples. I've talked about them a little bit in past podcasts, but <clears throat> these are a few reasons that tie into worthlessness. And this is kind of more of the like negative connotation with self-sabotage. And they very well can be there, but there is another reason for self-sabotage that I don't think we often think of that I'm excited to share with you. So reason number two um, is that it may be working for you for protection. And this is called the upper limit issue. If you are curious about this and you want to learn more, I highly recommend reading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It is an awesome book. And the way that I can explain this to you that I feel like makes the most tangible sense is thinking about you thinking about the concept of homeostasis, right? We understand that in our bodies and our immune systems and our nervous systems, when something goes out of homeostasis, our bodies and our nervous systems do as much as they possibly can to bring us back into a state of balance, right? So let's take a fever, for instance. If you spike a fever, <clears throat> your immune system is going to do what it can to break the fever and pull you back into a normal body temperature, right? Your red flags in your body go off because you're like, uh-oh, out of bounds, temperature is too high, we need to bring you back down into a healthy zone. The same thing can actually happen in your nervous system for your uh, emotional growth or you know your, your success, right? It's an uncomfortable, um, energetic, emotional state for your body that you've never experienced before. So let's say, for example, in your job, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you hit a really high month with income. You're like, whoa, this is crazy. I've never seen these numbers before. And then the next month you make like the lowest amount you've ever made, right? Your body's like, whoa, that was, that was crazy. That was wild. I don't know what to do with this. That was out of bounds. 
And even though it's perceived uh, logically in your mind as a good thing, your subconscious or your nervous system is going, I've never experienced that energy state before. And I have learned that this energy state down here and this emotional state down here is safe because I've been here for so long. So <clears throat> that doesn't happen to everybody uh, where you know you actually achieve something and then you pull yourself back down. But it can also come in the in the sense where you actually never achieve those those high markers in life, whether it's like an aligned relationship or uh, you know your finances or your career or your environment, your relationships, all of those things like they can be blocked because of this same issue where your nervous system is going, uh, uh-uh, it's not safe to go out of bounds here. And so whether you experience it and then you pull yourself back down into quote unquote safe zone or you never get out of bounds. Um, this is really common and it's actually your nervous system's way of protecting you. And that doesn't mean you're going to stay there. It just means that we need to do work around that. So um, this leads me to explaining the main fear with um, why self-sabotage happens. So the main fear when it comes to self-sabotage is that we are going to um, experience loss because when we experience success, it sets us up for disappointment. Right? When we receive something, we position ourselves in a position of risk to lose it. Right? If somebody gives you a gift and you hold on to it, you have the potential to drop it, give it away, somebody steal it, for it to self-combust. I don't know, right? Fill in the blank. <laughs> um, but anyways, if you never had that gift in your hand, you don't have the risk of losing it. However, we have to realize that if you don't have that gift in your hands, you're already living your worst case scenario of not having that thing, <laughs> which is what we often don't realize when we're in this zone of protection, which is good. We want to be self-protective. Those parts of our subconscious are working for us, but we're already living our worst case scenario. So you may as well unblock yourself and receive the gift and experience it because it allows you to grow and have new experiences. And if you lose it, you already know that you're strong enough to be without it, right? You already know that your identity is not shaped by it. And when you can get to that point, or maybe you don't, maybe you don't already know that your identity is not shaped by it. And that is what's blocking you is the codependent uh, self-worth and identity attached to that thing, which is a whole nother topic for another podcast. So I'll definitely touch on codependence at some point. But if your identity is not linked to that thing, which is the healthy space we want to be in, uh, a lot of us are not there, but if you're detached, you know you're worthy no matter what, and you don't have that thing, you may as well just experience the thing and unblock yourself from self-sabotage because you already know you're good. You're okay without it. You're worth it. You love yourself. You know that your identity is not contingent on the uh, reception of that thing or the success marker that you are um trying to move towards. So you may as well go for it. So how do we break this cycle, right? Um, the first thing is to identify the cycle. We have to identify what comes before self-sabotage. What are the events leading up to self-sabotage so that we can see it coming and we can be proactive in it, right? So you're probably in this stage of awareness and identification, you're probably going to run through the cycle and that's okay right? Give yourself permission one step at a time. You're probably going to run through that cycle and the awareness is super helpful here. So I'll give you my own example of 
self-sabotage. For me, the cycle was decision-making. Decision-making was like super high stakes for me, any decision, big or small, which would lead to regret, which would lead to self-abuse or self-sabotage. So that was my cycle. Decision-making, the emotional state of regret, and then self-abuse or self-sabotage. And this happened to me in all areas of life. This happened to me in relationship, in personal growth, in um, healing uh, my, my body, in career and running my business. This infiltrated literally every area of my life. And it may be infiltrating every area of yours, but it may also be just like sticking around in one area that you have a little bit more trauma in. So identifying where is that cycle running for you? What does it look like? What are the steps to that cycle? So identify those different parts and pieces first. That is the first step without trying to change anything, right? We need to know. We need to almost like collect data. So don't worry too much about interrupting the cycle before you know what's actually going on. Then interrupt the cycle. (laughs) This is where we get into the thick of it, right? This is the hardest part. But the thing that I can... I can tell you that is the most impactful in this process of interrupting the cycle is your self-talk. You have to make your body feel safe because you know that it's trying to protect you, right? You know that it's trying to work for your greatest and highest good. So you've got to talk to the little kid self and make that little kid and you feel safe. The little kid that didn't feel like he or she was worth um, getting love and and attention or connection or wasn't worth um, achieving high things or wasn't loved unless they achieved high things. No matter if you are coming from a background of shame and you're blocking yourself because you don't feel deserving or, or you're blocking yourself out of protection because you're afraid of loss, you're afraid of abandonment or, um, you know, missing out on that thing and experience the grief that goes along with that, no matter what, you've got to have a conversation with the little kid in you and allow them to feel safe. Allow them to know that they're okay no matter what. If they have this thing, if they don't have this thing, um, they're still loved and valued and worthy and safe no matter what. Okay, so what does this sound like? Because I think a lot of us were like, oh, come on, oh, I did it again. I self-sabotaged my career, or I self-sabotaged my finances, or I self-sabotaged my relationships. Every time I start a relationship, I just end it, I run from it, or every time I'm about to land my ideal job, I just run from it, or something happens, and I feel like I'm running this cycle, uh, or maybe I'm trying to pay down my debt, and every time I just run a, run this cycle, I interrupt it, I get myself into more debt, Or every time I try to lose weight, I lose five pounds and put on 10. However it's showing up for you, we often carry a lot of shame in our dialogue around it. We're like, oh my gosh, I knew this was going to happen again. I can never get it right. I keep trying. This is is the diet yo-yo, by the way, right? Like this is what happens in the yo-yo is like weight loss can actually be a big trigger for people. Um, This is a total side tangent, but I find that this shows up a lot for, for clients. It's like, if they're trying to rein in on their habits, that all or nothing and that really high stakes, like, uh-oh, if I lose it, there's a potential for me to gain it back again. I don't want to go through the pain of losing um, how it feels to make that uh, make that growth happen. I don't want to experience what it would be like to lose the weight and then gain it back. That risk, that fear is what stops them. So instead of shaming yourself the next time you run the cycle of self-sabotage, You've got to acknowledge that it's the little kid in you that's afraid of loss. It's afraid of uh, grief. It's afraid of 
abandonment. It's afraid of missing out on the thing that it deeply wants and desires the most, right? Your deepest desire is your worst fear. (laughs) But a lot of times when we block ourselves completely off from our deepest desire, we're actually, we're running our worst fear. So how does this sound? Okay, I'm going to give you an example from my own life because I think that hearing it is really, um, it makes more sense than me trying to explain to you otherwise. So I'm going to give you an example of my self-talk with my little kid self. So the example that I'm going to give, it is of the cycle. It's a recent example of the cycle that I described to you in my personal life for self-sabotage with big decisions and then um, the emotion of regret or remorse and finally self-sabotage in response to that, right? It's like a way of self-punishing for thinking that you did the wrong thing or you did the right thing in the wrong way. And so um, the example I'm going to give you is a response to a trigger back to this cycle because this cycle started um, at the beginning of my eating disorder, which came after a big decision and a feeling of regret. And then the response to that was self-sabotage or self-abuse via the eating disorder. So the example I'm going to give you actually doesn't start with a big decision. The example I'm going to give you is an example of this cycle being triggered off by something. So um, when sometimes we can't make sense of why we self-sabotage, it can also be a trigger. So while it's easier to recognize when we have clear steps to that cycle and we can track it back, sometimes it's not so clear if we're triggered off by something. And so that's why I'm going to give you this example because I think it would be helpful to you. So I've experienced self-sabotage in many different areas of life, but one area that I have recently navigated is uh, weight loss with uh, my my Lyme journey. So um, this was a big trigger back to that original cycle. And so I just want to connect the dots a little bit for you and set up that story. For those of you who are newer to the podcast, I suffered four years ago from anorexia and orthorexia and also uh, in the interim bouts of binge eating and bulimia. So Weight loss was actually a huge trigger for my eating disorder because I had never seen my body at such a small size when I was dancing professionally in college and I was getting attention for it. And so in my brain, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, better not gain the weight back because I perceived that um, others thought that I was more attractive at this smaller size. So attention actually provoked Um, my own internal self-expectation. That is totally not to blame anybody. Um, (laughs) That that was me putting that on myself um, as a byproduct of internalizing and allowing others' words to shape my self-worth. So that was a me issue. But if, on a side note, if you are somebody who tends to give externally um, like focused compliments, I would challenge yourself to go deeper and to compliment somebody's character rather than their bodies more. (laughs) Um, And I've talked about that on a podcast from a few months ago. I'm not going to go into that right now. But uh, after that, I gained about um, 40 pounds, 40 to 45 pounds with um, Lyme disease. So, and actually more than that, it was like 50 pounds from my lowest weight. So my my low low weight to my highest weight was a range of fifty pounds. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of weight to fluctuate in a short time, 
right? Like this fluctuated in a span of two years um, from the lowest to the highest. That's, that's pretty quick. So, um, you know, it was like two years of that. And um, with hypothyroidism, with Lyme disease, your body holds on to a ton of toxins. Plus to numb out the pain, I was overeating slash binge eating. And, um, you know, this was really hard to adapt, but I was super proud of myself for not putting myself back into um, anorexic mentalities. I never starved myself in that time where I gained a bunch of weight. Um, I didn't love how I looked. I didn't love how I felt. That was the biggest thing, right? Like I know for those of you maybe who are on a weight loss journey right now, or you're not at your ideal body weight, you're maybe more focused on not the aesthetic, but how you feel, which is where I think things get a little bit dicey between, um, you know, like body acceptance culture versus like, you know, reaching optimal health. And again, I'm not going to go into that right now either, but <laughs> that gets a little bit dicey in there because I, I get it. You want to feel your best. You want to have the most energy. You want to feel like you can move your body freely. You don't want extra inflammation in your body. And sometimes when you're not at your ideal body weight, that's the reason why, right? This is not your ideal body weight for what you want to see. This is your ideal body weight for how you want to feel, right? Two different things there. So anyways, when I started healing from Lyme, my body, without me doing anything, started releasing weight because there was there, there was a ton of weight on me from just toxins. For for you know, those of you who are not aware of how like toxic buildup in the body works, toxins hide in fat cells. So your fat cells literally swell and they're they multi multiply. <laughs> they multiply to hold on to toxins so that it doesn't flood, you know, the good tissue of your body. So it's again your body's way of protecting you. And also when you do start to detox, your body is flooded with toxins from your fat cells um, you know, being being destroyed. It's like this is now a threat to your immune system because those toxins are flooding your bloodstream. So it's really a uh, meticulous process to eliminate toxins and to really achieve um, healthy, uh, productive weight loss at a rate and at a um, at a approach that is safe for your body. So, anyways, my body starts releasing some weight. I like I like saying releasing weight as well because. Um, our nervous systems are subconscious. We don't like to lose anything, right? We just talked about that. So I like to say releasing weight. Um, I, my body started releasing weight without me trying. And it honestly was a little bit of a trigger for me. I was like, uh-oh, I'm seeing myself at a smaller size. I have the potential to go back up in weight again. And I had to catch myself because when that first started to happen, I found myself like overeating a little bit or starting to like be really hyper aware of my body. And I was sabotaging the thing that I wanted the most, which was for my body to be at a healthy place again. Not even necessarily like hyper-focused in on the number, but just to feel like myself again for my clothes to fit nicely again. And um, yeah, just to feel a little bit more comfortable in my skin because of how my energy was and how my body felt. So, you know, th these were some things that I was really deeply desiring for a long time, long time, like two years, right? Along this four-year journey, it was like two years of that buildup to that highest weight. And then it was two years coming back to um, a healthy place four years later. Uh, I am actually just now at my like pre-college weight and it's crazy to me. Like I never thought that my body would get to this place, but along that journey, 
I had to check myself. I've had to check myself a lot in the past six months um, because every time I would lose a little bit of weight, my self-sabotage radar would go off and be like, uh-uh, nope, that's, that's a trigger. You might start to get compliments. You might start to build that internal expectation. You might start to really love how you look again. And that is going to set off red alerts for what if we gain the weight back, right? And that was my subconscious mindset. So I had to work really hard to build up healthy self-dialogue around weight loss. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it was a journey. Like I've lost 30 pounds in the past uh, year or so, like, I guess like 14 months, uh, 30 pounds. And that's, that's a lot of weight to fluctuate in a year and a lot to adjust and a lot to, um, we're always like recalibrating, right? So the self-talk is like your recalibration mechanism and we have to fine tune this mechanism and learn how to actually use it. So for example, um, my self-talk let's, let's like rewind for, for like my own journey. Uh, I start losing the weight and I'm like, uh Oh, uh Oh, I'm losing the weight. This is what happened the last time I lost weight was that I got all these compliments. I start to feel, um, fearful of gaining weight back. And then I start to find myself emotionally eating or, you know, overindulging or binge eating and, I going, okay, um, Krista, it makes so much sense that you feel this way right now. Your history tells you that weight loss is actually a scary thing. It's a trigger. And you're, the last time that you lost a significant amount of weight, you're not in a healthy place. So it makes so much sense that this feels scary right now. So I, I just want to remind you that no matter what weight you're at, you are so loved. I love you so much. You are so worthy of love and connection and of success. I'm like getting emotional talking about this. <laughs> um, but it's because I like feel it so much for myself now that I've come to this place. But you know, you're so worthy of success and love and deep connection and relationship. You're so worthy of health in your body. And you, um, you're, this is what you desire. Your weight loss now is a representation of a healthy body it's not from a, a place of self-hatred. It's actually a place of uh, showing how much your body is healed. And um, no matter what, whether you lose more, stay the same, gain more, I love, respect, and accept you exactly where you're at. But I understand that it's hard for you right now because this is a trigger. So what can I do to help you to feel safe right now in this, in this moment, right? And that's what healthy self dialogue sounds like, and I'm going to break that down for you. It was awareness. It was validation and acknowledgement. It was space and grace for change. And it was love and support in meeting the need, right? Which was feeling safe, feeling comfort, feeling loved, acknowledged, right? So then, you know, I might kind of like sink into that and, and figure out what it is that I need to feel safe, what it is that I'm looking to band-aid through binge eating or band-aid through sabotaging or sitting there and counting calories or going for an extra walk or right all the things um what was I craving there and I and then I might go do something personally that fills me up like I might go I love walking outside I might go to the beach I might paint I love watercolors by the way watercolor painting I recommend it for a lot of my clients it stimulates your amygdala, which is the part of the brain that processes your emotions and trauma. So if you want a really um, fun, creative, healthy way of uh, kind of like, it's not distracting yourself, but it's passively processing. So you don't want to be like, 
you're not ready to be in the weeds of your emotions or you need a little emotional intermission without numbing out, watercolor painting is fantastic for that because it keeps your amygdala awake and stimulated. Paint with your right hand, by the way, watercolor painting with the right hand um, because you're going to keep that amygdala going <clears throat> and keep processing at a subconscious level while you're actively using your creativity and doing something pleasurable. I might put on some classical music. I usually need to take a nap. Like when I feel like that, I'm usually emotionally or energetically exhausted. So I might go lay down for a little bit. I might just do something that makes me feel safe. I might call my mom and do something that feels really comfortable, safe to me. I might pet my rabbit. <laughs> um, I might phone a friend and go get some tea, um, right? It's so like doing something that uh, fills that need which is usually love and connection, right? Because we learned that when we lose that thing, we didn't feel loved or we didn't feel connected or we didn't feel worth it. So doing something that allows you to feel love and connection through yourself, maybe prayer, through God, right? Through friendship. And for for those of you who are coming from, right? Like I'm, I'm coming from a faith-based background. I, I love God. God's a huge part of my life. My faith is a big part of my life. Um, however, for those of you who are like, putting like how do I say this without hmm yes like God meets all of your needs but God also gave us tools and he created us to be relational beings so if you're really in the thick of it and you're struggling and you're like oh I just have to pray more I just have to journal more I just have to read the bible more meditate more like this is like a striving performance-based thing and God created other humans for us to be in a relationship with like think about Adam and Eve like God created Eve so that Adam would have a helper and he wouldn't be by himself. He created the animals to be in relationship and to thrive with. He created things around us because if we were if we were completely like self-sufficient, we wouldn't have other like living, breathing beings and um, organisms around us. Like we were meant to to relate in that way. So use the tools and the gifts that God has put on this beautiful earth to get some of your needs met in a non-codependent way knowing that you're okay by yourself so you're not relying on that that best friend or that significant other or that family member to fix it all the time right we're not codependent but we're interdependent which means we're okay to process by ourselves but we're also okay to process in relationship we're okay to process and to be vulnerable um which is definitely something i'm going to talk about soon as well on here but we create space for vulnerability because when we are actually vulnerable it creates this community which is a reason i'm bringing messier stories on the podcast real raw um, vulnerable stories so that we can actually feel seen and known because if we're new at practicing awareness and self-validation and acknowledgement if we're new to that self-talk actually relating to friendships in that way helps you to practice because you don't have that blockage usually when you're validating a friend you're probably super good at being a good friend <laughs> maybe you're not maybe you're not a good friend and you need to work on that i'm not saying that we're all like experts at that maybe that's something you're working on but um we're usually more kind to others than we are to ourselves when it comes to self-sabotage so um practicing talking to a friend and holding space for that friend um helps you to come into the awareness of what it sounds like for yourself and the last thing that i'll say on this is um, the space and grace portion, it takes time. You actually have to practice a new language. You've been practicing the language of shame around self-sabotage for so long. You have to practice the language of love around self-sabotage, creating awareness, validation, and then space and grace because it takes 21 consistent consecutive days to build a new neural pathway. So give yourself the permission to um, take time with this. It's going to take some time. 
and, um, you know, create some accountability around it. That's another reason leaning into community is so good. So, um, these are my recommendations for self-sabotage to really hone in on identifying the cycle to recap, interrupting the cycle, and then cultivating healthy self-talk around it. Um, so figure out what you're going to replace that cycle with. Figure out when you get to the place where self-sabotage is about to ensue. Figure out what you're going to do instead. Figure out what that self-talk sounds like and figure out what that next action is to fulfill the need. Figure out what the the fear is and know that you've already faced that fear. You're already strong enough to face the fear, so there's really no risk. And remind yourself that everything is happening for you, not to you, and that your nervous system and these parts of your subconscious mind are always trying to protect you. The little kid in you is so loved, so worthy, so accepted, so respected. And if you don't feel that way about yourself... I definitely encourage you to go down the journey of finding out why and to cultivate that, that compassion for the little kid in you. Um, if you have questions about that, if you want support around that, my DMs are open. I'm taking new clients right now, and I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Uh, if you haven't been in the community recently, I am now offering single sessions and discounted bundles on calls. So I'd love to talk with you about customizing a program that works the best for you. As always, please, 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 I am so grateful when you do this. Like, leave a review, subscribe, share the podcast, tag me. It helps it to grow. And with many different guests coming in, telling about healing journeys and healing modalities, some of these solo episodes, we're really kicking it up on the podcast uh, a notch or two. And I would super appreciate your support. It takes you like two minutes or less um, and it helps the show grow so much. So thank you for doing that. My DMs are open and I hope that you all have a wonderful week. Stay the course, keep going, and I promise you, you can break the cycle of self-sabotage. Hey you, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you like what you heard, remember to take a screenshot and share it on IG and tag me at Soma Sonder. Leave a like and a review. It helps the show grow tremendously and builds our community. As always, the DMs are open and I'd love to connect and have a deeper conversation with you. Until next time, go live boundless, babe.